Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Colton, and I'm joined here with Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, and you might notice that today we're not uploading on a Friday, but rather a Thursday. We have something special for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Holy Day today. It's Holy Thursday, the institution of the Eucharist. And this is um, a very near, this is this topic's very near and dear to my heart. And I know that, and I know it is also to Arthur, as it, as yeah. it is for um, you know a bunch of Catholics. And so uh, we're just going to be reflecting on what Holy Thursday is. So, Arthur. Mm-hmm. What is Holy Thursday to you? To me, ooh, okay. This is a very beautifully rich day for me. This is essentially Jesus' last will and testimony. This is what he asks of us right before he dies. So for those of us who may not be Catholic, hopefully you stayed until now, um, gave us a chance. But this is... This is the moment where Jesus feeds his people with himself, both with spirit, but in the flesh, both with spirit, but also with bread. There is something so intimate in this gift. And the three uh, synoptic gospels speak of Jesus actually giving this gift, but John, John does not. John actually speaks about um, the the moment and the teachings that Jesus gave along with the institution of the Eucharist. And it was this, it was Jesus taking off his garments and washing the feet of his disciples. And for them, and Jesus pointed this out, for them in their culture to wash another's feet was the lowest servant's job. That like the equivalent of like, you know, the like cleaning the toilets kind of a thing like it was the lowest working job so jesus does two things here he rejects human um glory if you will and reveals himself by taking off his his clothes he takes off his garments and reveals who i am as your bridegroom This is a very intimate showing of this is who I am as your God. I am here to serve and you are called to be like me. And if you want to be great, you can't do it the normal human way. You have to go against the grain. You have to go in service and in love as a self-sacrifice. So for me, not only is the gift of himself in the form of bread and wine just like a radically earth-shattering thing because god taking on flesh going the next step so (laughs) this is crazy like god who is all divine all powerful all knowing who created the heavens and the earth caused everything in the galaxy to begin dark matter the stars 
you know, like all the crazy niche sciencey things that we don't even understand. He's the one who created that. Loved us so much that he became one of us and experienced life as one of us. And wanted to be with us so closely that he gave us himself in the form of bread, the most common thing to eat. And not only did he do that, but he also showed us himself. He revealed himself in a way that is just so intimate. So for me, this whole, this whole thing is about intimacy and love. Accented by his last will and testimony before he died. So that's, that's in summary, that's what it is for me. What about you? Yeah. Uh, there, there are several accounts of communion, you know, the, the last supper mm-hmm. throughout scripture, uh, the four gospels, but of course it's least expanded upon in the gospel of John. Um, but there are other things that are accented while the last supper is going on. Namely, like you mentioned, the washing of the feet. Um, there's also, uh, teachings that he gives along with it. But first, before I get into that, the Eucharist for me, I would say it's probably the one of, if not the most fundamental foundations or, or cornerstones of my own spiritual journey. Uh, my most profound experiences have been in the presence of the Eucharist. And mm-hmm. to clarify, I understand uh, not all of our audience is Catholic, so I think it's probably some clarification is due. Um, I know a lot of evangelicals have uh, communion sometimes in church. They maybe mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, I don't, I don't know, it might differ from you know, church to church, uh, whether they use grape juice or maybe they use wine, little cups of wine, mm-hmm. but they often have a loaf of bread that they pass around and uh, take a piece of it and they recite the words that Christ recited, you know, do this in, uh, in remembrance. remembrance of me. Yeah. And uh, as, a, as a sign of uh, communion, communion, you know, with each other as a community. Uh, for Catholics, it is that, but it's also a uh, it's also something uh, quite quite a bit deeper and often you know <laughs> difficult to um, accept. Yes. Yeah. And um, so for us, we we do communion every week. Uh, the, our our entire mass, our entire service, is wrapped around uh, communion, the Eucharist. Uh, the Greek word Eucharistia just means Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So uh, whenever Christ gave thanks. Uh, and praise to God as at the last supper, that's where we get that word from. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we in the mass approach communion, it's the pinnacle of the mass. It's, it's the point when we realize that all of the old Testament is actually pointing to this, this profound, beautiful, and very, very simple moment. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been billions of meals that people have had, people have had throughout history. And, uh, God reveals something most profound to us in this most mundane thing. Whenever Christ says, this is my body, him in the person of God, him as God was saying, this is my body. We don't just believe um, it's intended as a symbol, but his words being God affect what they symbolize. So like when it's, God said, it's a recreation, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, like whenever God spoke to something, mm-hmm. it does what he says. Jesus right. as God, whenever he speaks to something, it is as he says. Right. And, um, we you believe could, that you could even look at similar miracles such as 
you know, being uh, like gaining back vision, hearing, health in general, mm-hmm. um, even uh, bringing back to life. Uh, when Jesus says to to the like the parents of the little girl, she's not dead but asleep. Mm-hmm. His his words released power. Absolutely, yeah. And that's that's just what the word of God does. And uh, we believe since you know in the beginning of the Gospel of John, Jesus is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So even more to it. And uh, if if we wanted to get into theology of it all, then I think we might get lost in the weeds. Uh, John chapter six is a good uh, sort of crash course in the As, theology of the Eucharist and the right. seriousness of what uh, Christ means by. My my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Right, it's true. Uh, just as God said, you know, whenever Jesus came and uh, in, in was conceived in Mary, just as God in that moment said, "This is my body," so as so as He's saying in the Eucharist, "This is my body." Mm-hmm. You know, His uh, body, His blood, His soul, and divinity are in the form of bread and wine. Mm-hmm. Now. Obviously, if we're not going to delve, <laughs> the purpose of this episode is not to dive too right. deeply into the philosophy, the theology that's used to describe this. The reality is it's it's a mystery. <laughs> right. The, we're, we're not also here to prove it. No. Yeah. Um, the reason why we're going even into this much detail is to express where we're coming from mm-hmm. as we share experiences and all of that. So, sorry, continue. Yeah. So, Holy Thursday for me is... Um, Taking a special time, even though we experience the Eucharist in every Mass, but just taking a special time to focus more intently on the gift. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just the gift of sustenance, you know, being able to um, live on the providence of God, but the gift of God Himself to us in a profound and uh, often lesser seen more widely, uh, a, in a very covenantal and marriage centered way mm-hmm. you know god uses the images that we're familiar with in order to convey to us truths that the images actually signified to begin with mm-hmm. you know men and women get married and the truth that that signifies is actually how god interacts with us mm-hmm. instead of god interacting with us to 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 uh in a way that looks like marriage it's sort of the other way around and whenever christ institutes the last supper it's the groom giving up his body for his bride Mm -hmm. you know and uh, a beautiful way that christ talks about this um is in john chapter 14 he mentions something that's sort of lost to us in common culture whenever he uh, talks about in my father's house there are many dwelling places if i'm going to prepare um, if they were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And I will go and prepare a place for you. I will come back again and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. So in ancient Jewish culture, whenever a man and a woman got married, they had sort of a formal ceremony before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, signifying their intent, making their vows. Then the groom would go to his father's house, literally his father's house, and build in addition onto it or build adjacent to it 
and he would prepare a place for him, his bride, and presumably the family that they were going to have. Right. And uh, this was before they, you know, enacted the vows of their marriage. Yeah, this was kind of like the betrothal or the proposal kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he, he wasn't allowed to go back for his bride until his father inspected his work and said, yes, you may now go right. and get, get your bride. So this is the language that Jesus is using here in John mm-hmm. chapter 14 to describe what's going on. Because he knows he's going to die. Mm-hmm. He knows he's going to have to give himself more, um, more radically than they all realize. And he knows that he's going back up to the Father to prepare a place for us in heaven, just like a bridegroom would go prepare a place for his bride. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very real reality that, um, that I think it, it, it's, for, for me, it feels very intuitively uh, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for it, it it reaches some part of me that I can't quite pinpoint like why does this mean so much to me it feels like uh, it's, a, it's a part of your nature mm. that, that that's what this should be God coming to us as our lover right and um, so Holy Thursday to me I think signifies that, that coming and that, that call to the bride to come and join, come be with the bridegroom. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a revisitation of all of his promises that he has not left us abandoned. He's not, you know, he's not just gone, that he's still with us and he's still present to us and his promises still stand. I think that's, that's something that's super huge for me. I'm very forgetful when it comes to promises, especially if they're not completed in the time or the fashion that I think they should be. Yeah, I guess the the another way of looking at it is is um, looking at this day as being the anniversary or the start of an anniversary celebration. Because uh, for me, it's it's kind of fun, like looking back on. You know, my wife and my relationship, we look at the day that we started dating, you know, the day that we got engaged and the day we got married. Those are like very significant days. And on those days, you know, like we are a little bit more attuned to each other and the gift that that person is to us and that kind of a thing. And this is the same thing for Jesus and and humanity and God and humanity is that for us, the incarnation Christmas is that first time that we really that God and I us really got serious like legitimately serious not just flirty not just like you know there's interest but like no like it's on the line mm-hmm. you know and then holy thursday this is the day that Jesus is just pouring it all out like He's saying, I'm going to die. You need to hear my last testimony and see what I'm going to do. And this is, this is all of it. And yeah, I don't know for me, like this is, yeah, I guess the simplest way of putting it 
is that this is this is a, a very special day and a, a remembrance for me with what he has done in my life and how he has transformed my life because Colton like like you the majority of my main conversions have been centered around Jesus' gift to me through the Eucharist. Jesus' gift to me through his physical presence. Entering into me on a weekly basis, but also just like breaking in and saying like, yeah, you don't get this. So what? So what? It doesn't make it any less true. And it doesn't mean that I won't prove you wrong. <laughs> that I've got you. And I think that's what this this anniversary, if you will, is what that signifies for me. Do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, I want I wanted to expand on kind of what you said. Yeah. Christ and you know begins that chapter in chapter fourteen. It says, uh, "Don't let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Also have faith in me." So by him saying this, um, I think it really he's calling on us to have faith in the things that we don't understand, um, the things that he's doing. And like in John 6, whenever he explained to the, the Jews who were listening to him about how his flesh is true food, his blood is true drink, they couldn't, they couldn't stay after hearing that. That was something that was just a bit too difficult for a lot of them to hold on to but, or to accept. And I think... Then he, then, he, then he turned to his, his apostles. He said, will you also leave me? Mm-hmm. Peter said, who else do we have to go to? You know? um, where else can we go? Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're at that point, where else can I go? And you're saying that to God. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. I, I wouldn't want anyone else to go to mm-hmm. you know, if I had God. So, yeah, yeah. If, if God's doing stuff that you don't understand, just stick with him. Yep. Stick with him. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think also just for those of us who struggle with maybe on a, on a rational level or even on like a scriptural level of like, did he actually mean this? There are multiple other scripture passages, and I would like to reference those real quick. Um, I'm just going to reference them. Um, The first one being outside of the Gospels, which is St. Paul speaking to the Corinthians, the Church of Corinth, in chapter 11. So if you go through that chapter, you'll find in verse 17 through 34 uh, different instructions on how to receive Jesus on how those prayers should be said. And the the other gospel that I want to point you to is Luke chapter 22, verse 14. So uh, if you're curious about this, just checking out these different, pas- these different passages, uh, a really good way to understand the fullness of Scripture is by looking at the wholeness of it. Now, these are like the most direct passages. There are passages all throughout Scripture that foreshadow or point to this mystery. And God almost has this obsession with bread all throughout like history. Jesus himself is always feeding the hungry, like 4,000, 5,000 people. 
with bread, you know, and he always gives thanks. Eucharist, the Greek term. So just just take a, a good look at that. But more importantly, this is my challenge for you guys. Sit down this evening. If you're able to go to church, go to whatever Holy Thursday service there is. If you're not, pray with some of these scripture passages. Eat his word at least. Gnaw on his word at least. Let his spirit come in and convince you of this truth. Let him be that bridegroom to you. Let him expose his love, reveal himself to you in such a real way. And this is the crazy part is we can't actually force this. We just have to settle down and let him do his thing because he wants to. He wants to love you. He wants to hold you and he wants to reveal his heart to you. So that's, that's my challenge. Colton, would you like to close this with prayer? I'd love to. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you. Thank you infinite amount of times for the gift that you give us in your most holy body, blood, soul, and divinity through the Eucharist. Thank you for the graces it gives us without us even knowing it. Thank you for how it changes our hearts just by you being present within us by simple forms of bread and wine. Thank you, Lord. God, help us honor you through the Eucharist by making sure that we're ready to receive you in that gift because just like the bride receiving the bridegroom, Lord, you call us to first know who you are Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And I ask that you reveal yourself to the hearts of everyone through your most holy Eucharist. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. We want to encourage you to really enter into the Triduum. And if this is a good resource to help you do so, we want you to really dive into this. We want you to share that with your friends, your family members, and more importantly than even sharing this podcast share your love of jesus with your friends and your family members share with them what jesus is doing with you so uh with that we're gonna see you tomorrow take care and god bless bye Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven.fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven.fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any th- any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.